Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. So before we get back to the episode, Mark and I want to provide some context. David and I want to let everyone understand why we do what we do. Think about what a brand actually is. It's what others say about you and your organization after you leave the room. And we want to protect that reputation. Data breaches literally destroy brands that have been around for generations. We've seen it with our own eyes. When trust is broken, brands are severely damaged and often irreparably. If you take pride and joy in your brand, which you should, because it's everything that matters, then take the necessary steps to protect it from cyber threats. A data breach is a breach of trust. So come talk to us at All Covered. We have a national footprint with local offices to help keep your brand in business. It's your brand. Protect it. Brandology Podcast is available everywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and download. Thanks for listening. And now let's begin. Welcome, everyone, to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow. Uh, here in the studio with me is my illustrious co-host, Mark Mosher. Mark, how are you today? Wow. Okay. I'm doing much better now that I'm illustrious. How could you be bad if you're illustrious? That's true. How was your day today, Mark? Today was a good day. Today, this week was a good week. Yeah. Why is that? Because I was with you most of it. it Yeah, right. It wasn't really. (laughs) Uh, It's choice. It's all choice. You choose to be what you are. I choose to be good mood. I choose to be illustrious. I choose. I choose what I want to do. I choose right. me. Well, you need to choose for me because I. I don't have. You don't want to be any of those. <laughs> no, I have a bigger city, cynical. Yeah. Get through this day. So Chicago I has jaded you. Chicago yeah, has did, jaded you. It did a number on me. That's for sure. We'll get so, you. So also in in our uh, uh, we're very fortunate today to have Amanda Newton. Um, Amanda, welcome. We're very excited to have you here. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, fantastic. So let's start from the top. Tell us who you are. Tell us what all you do. And I just learned that you have your own podcast, which we want to steer people to and talk about that as well. But in addition to that, tell tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, So I'm Amanda Newton. I work in the behavioral healthcare space and addiction space. I've been in the business for about 22 years. I've clearly started when I was 12. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what I was, exactly the math what wasn't I was making sense say. to me. You took the words right out of our mouth. That's great. <laughs> um, Happy and, 29th, by the way. That's great. Thanks, Got that going. Thanks. 
Um, I have currently, I'm the COO and CMO for a company called Renew Recovery. Um, we focus on the uh, addiction space and then I also own a uh, behavioral health consulting company as well. And I do um, a podcast on the side for fun, right. a lot of fun um, uh, with one of actually one of my employees and we talk about kind of taboo relationship topics. So fun oh, stuff. Very cool. What's wow. the name of the podcast? What's the name do of the podcast? Um, it's called, you know, it's really funny. I just oh, that's okay. That happens to me. We just like, started it like two I, weeks when ago. I introduced, when I introduced the podcast like two times in the last couple of weeks, Mark, right? I was like, welcome to what the hell is the name of our freaking <laughs> podcast? I have like no idea sometimes. So you go from one Zoom to the next to the next to the next and it gets yeah, all blurred. It'll come back to me here. Well, when you get it, yeah, well, most important, more importantly than anything else, we will have it in the link on our website. So that way they can go to it. We'll have the Perfect. feed and stuff. So that's all that matters. <laughs> So very cool. So um, I want to always start. I'm a firm believer in Simon Sinek and Brene Brown and Seth Godin and the whole purpose behind what you do and having meaning in your life. So what you do is very meaningful. I've known lots of friends, family members that have struggled with addiction, uh, behavioral challenges, things like that. So thank you for being here and thank you for what you do personally. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, uh, why do you do what you do? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to ask you. Like, what? Why is it? Why did you go into that as opposed to other forms of psychology or other forms of, you know, therapy? Yeah. Like, why not? Why not occupational therapy or mm -hmm. physical therapy? But why behavioral therapy? You know, um, I am actually a clinician by trade. I try never to do therapy because I'm terrible at it. Okay. <laughs> I like the business, you know, business development side and operations that much better, but. Yep. Um, um, my sister and I actually both work in addiction and it goes back to um, a defining moment that I had when I was 16 years old. My uh, grandfather passed away and he was about 25 years sober, I think. So I only knew him sober. Um, but he's, he was kind of a, a pillar of our community and he started um, um, some recovery housing. He started a place for people to go um, for meetings for recovery. He sat on numerous boards. He picked people off the, the street and got them into treatment. Um, I knew all this as a 16 year old, um, but I remember at his funeral walking into his visitation and it was a mile down the street of people. And I'm getting cold chills just thinking about it. Um, and I was talking to the funeral director. He said, and the whole time I've been here, I've never ever seen this many people. Who was he? And I thought, wow, it's because he made an impact and he saved all those people's lives. And I'm like, how can mm -hmm. one person make that big of an impact in their life? I was like, I want to do what he did. So while I do a little something a little different, um, I do work in the addiction space at a macro level, um, helping to save people's lives. So I think it's carrying on his legacy. So both you and your sister do it. Do you have any she other siblings? Yeah. Do you have any other siblings? Mm -mm. No, okay, she works so in the, the whole recovery. Family, all of the kids are kind of into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah. she. Um, it, it's been nice. We. That's most of the time we see each other in our Zoom meetings because we work in the same community, work in the same right. space. <laughs> so that's really cool. So 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 your grandfather. What was his name? George Henley. That's that's phenomenal. So, yeah. I mean, it's great. It's it's always odd when that happens. I mean, I've had um, 
my my father when he passed it was a very similar thing like he passed we didn't publicize it there was like 750 people there we're like who are the like half of them i didn't even know and i knew all of my parents friends and my mom was like i think that's a guy from his old neighborhood that he helped i think these guys are people that his business helped like all these people just came out of the woodwork and it was just it was just phenomenal it's kind of like who was he you know what i mean like there was yeah. kind of like holy cow there's a whole other side of, of know, that's in a positive way in a positive yeah. way right and it inspired you it inspired his granddaughter both of his granddaughters to make that not just something they're passionate about to but to to make that their vocation to make you know, a I think that's at. a sign of uh, something strong in in the human psyche that um so when my grandfather passed who dave knows i was very close to um I know that because of his trivia answers. Because his trivia answers are always like Marlboro, Lucky Strike, Barbasol, and all these old uh, Diners, Diners Club. Club. Like nobody uses that stuff anymore. He's like, I don't know. I grew up with my grandfather, man. Aww. Yeah, but we had people at his funeral that came up and, and yeah. were telling us stories about how he would come and serve. Um, down at the soup kitchen all during Christmas. We, nobody had a clue he even went down there. Aww. See, that's yeah, what I love. I, I love when people do that as opposed to like people that have to put it on social media. Oh, I'm yeah. over here volunteering everybody. Look, yeah. at me, look at me, I'm being such a good person. It's like people that don't even tell people about it and just go do it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. what my dad always said. He's like, do something nice for somebody every day and don't tell anybody. Exactly. That's, that's exactly. great. <laughs> it's great. Nice. I can put that on a t-shirt. I think I really like that. Yeah. yeah. He's a... <laughs> It's obviously his father that my grandfather, <laughs> that the kindness just kept coming, passing down. Right. I want. I'm curious um, because I've, I've seen in the news just this week. Uh, it's kind of disturbing. Um, several suicides right here in Louisville. So I'm in Louisville here, Amanda, with you. And um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. I got so many questions for you. I've already looked at your friend list. Yeah. yeah we're <laughs> we know everybody. <laughs> we're gonna have to talk. <laughs> Um, but have, is it because, you know, a lot of the discussion was around the pandemic that, you know, drug use is up and overdoses are up and suicides are up from, from your standpoint, what are you seeing? Well, you know, um, it's interesting that you're from Louisville. So, um, I used to sit down on the treatment team at emergency psychiatry at UofL for oh, oh, wow. gosh, 12 yeah. years. So we saw all of the, you know, the jumpers, Yeah, we saw everybody, um, but what's interesting is that there's so many attempted suicides, but the, it, those aren't publicized, so no one really knows about it. Right. But um, the Second Street Bridge insurance companies called it the Golden Gate of Louisville because so many people would jump off of it. Yeah. So there's there's so much that people don't know. But you know, within the the pandemic, we're we're hitting into a second pandemic, and it's a behavioral health pandemic, and we're already starting to see it. And my fear is that people won't be seeking treatment; they'll be having overdoses or committing suicides because I haven't seen our rates really go up seeking treatment, but I've seen, you know, our, our highest rates, I think we're in 2017, I think with overdoses, but, um, you know, we're seeing people that never had problems that started having problems because they're having, they're drinking more. We're seeing a lot more alcohol than anything. Yeah. Uh, Is that because people are home? Like people are just sitting around home and they're, a lot of people were laid off. A lot of people have lost jobs, oh, lost opportunities. Yeah. They don't get to socialize. It's, they don't get to be mentally healthy like yeah. they used to. 
And since it's legal, it's not one of those things like, um, you know, the opiate epidemic, don't get me wrong, it's huge and it's killed people, but alcohol has killed way more people that no one talks about. Right. Hey, Mark, are you excited about this uh, 2021 Female Leadership Summit? Oh, David, this is going to be incredible. I can't wait. I am, I am really pumped about it. The 2021 Brandology Female Leadership Summit is going to be your opportunity to access a wealth of leadership insight from a world-class faculty we've put together, ready to equip and inspire you regardless of your field or industry. Yeah, so each chosen leader will provide a short you know, five to 10 minute presentation on culture, on leadership and practical ways to help you succeed. Um, there'll also be a panel discussion on hot topics. Uh, the belief female leadership matters is more important today than ever before. Absolutely. That's why the 2021 Brandology Female Leadership Summit will give you access to this unique group of world-class faculty who will share their distinct perspectives, inspiring and equipping you with practical skills you can use right away. So don't miss the 2021 Female Leadership Summit only on Brandology Podcast. So subscribe and download the episodes to be notified of this upcoming event. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you. Yeah. So, but yeah, to answer your question, yes, it's going to get much worse. And I see it getting much worse probably the fall and early um, in the spring. What people don't understand about suicide and uh, addiction, behavioral health, all of it, they all think, oh, you know, people get depressed around the holidays. Well, that's people do get depressed around the holidays. But what happens is people don't attempt suicide usually until the spring people have to feel a little bit better from their depression actually that's the most dangerous time when people start to feel a little bit better because that's really? when they get up enough motivation to actually have intent to really, really? So wow. spring. now do you well, do, didn't, attribute didn't maybe that. some of that because we've had some guests on um actually we've had a couple that have come out for the first time to speak about their own mental health issues and their addiction issues and things. Yeah, and the only time they, the first time they had ever done that was on our podcast. Yeah, wow. and it was it, it was, was really shocking heavy. because yeah. we're like, do you, we we're not qualified to hear you, but thank yeah. you. Like at but least they, they were, trusted us. We made yeah. it a safe place for them to open up, and that's good. But, but the discussion was about. You know, we the, should have you on the sideline. You need to be monitoring what we right, talk right. about. We need to keep you on they, standby. When they open up to us, we want to be able to help them. Right. But you had mentioned you, you hadn't seen really a, a rise in requests for help. And that's why I was thinking that some of these discussions we've had previously with other guests, that the, the topic of discussion around that was the stigma involved with openly speaking about it. Mm -hmm. um, do you see maybe that being a kind of a barrier or a roadblock to people reaching out? Well, you know, what I think is nice, I really love about this generation, when I talk about this generation, um, millennials and generation, what's after them? Z. Z. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, those I'm generations X. I'm X. are... I'm Gen, yeah. I'm Gen X, so I think yeah, I mean, it's Millennials and then Z. Yes, right. <laughs> Mark's a boomer. Yeah, I'm, I'm a true boomer at art. <laughs> the, the kids call me Karen and a boomer on TikTok. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's exactly right. I should have probably oh, said I'm a little TikTok famous. Just that's you. awesome. That's great. We didn't even know that. we got to write that down. Be <laughs> sure we'll, write that down. Yeah, I we'll should have, have had the, that for my professional life. I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll nobody that. We'll have the link to your TikTok page on the uh, <laughs> That's great. 
Um, but uh, what I do like about this generation is they put everything on Front Street, which is sometimes yeah. bad, but in this case is really good because they've really destigmatized a lot of the mental health stuff and addiction. I think it's true, yeah. And you know, for so long, I mean, since I've been in this business a long time, you know, there was this anonymous piece to the addiction, which I think is great in theory, but then it doesn't put a face to the disease. Right. People are starting to come out and say, hey, I'm in recovery. And, and it's so amazing to see the whole shift and I think it's good because, uh, you know, even on TikTok, I watch a lot of these people's TikToks and people are normalizing mental health issues. People are normalizing addiction. And I think it's people are now not as afraid to talk about it. Now, I think when we think about the boomers, that generation still don't want to talk about it. Yeah, true. Because <laughs> they were taught not to not to ever discuss any of your problems. And but boy, did they abuse drugs like as a group. <laughs> like they were like the children of the 60s. Like yeah. they were dropping acid. I have two older brothers. They were both boomers. Mm -hmm. And and they were just like openly, you know, yeah, we used to drop acid. We used to do this. We used to, <laughs> I help them move. I'm moving bongs. I'm moving all this stuff. If they're listening, I'm really sorry. Um, dear God, I better edit that out. Remind me more. <laughs> oh, yikes. My brothers could still kick my ass. So. <laughs> I'm still the younger brother in my in my brain. Um, so, uh, but I mean, yeah, it's, it, you're right. I don't think that mental illness was ever discussed. There was a stigma mm -hmm. for that. See, I, I don't there, get there. that. I don't, maybe it's maybe it is a generational thing. Maybe it's a, a family. Maybe it's yeah, a maybe cultural it's a family thing. thing too. Yeah, because yeah, the way I've always come up. I mean, I've had I've had friends that have committed suicide i've had yep. friends that have that have overdosed and yep. had family members that have struggled with mental health and yep. talking about it was never really a big to me it was a bigger deal not talking about it than Yo, because you know, like, if you oh, don't talk yeah, about it you're like what the hell is wrong yeah, why, with that? why is nobody talking like, about why is Johnny's nobody body? talking about the 800 pound yeah. gorilla in the room yeah to me literally like a gorilla like acting like a gorilla like what's going yeah. on that was the problem. So yeah, maybe it's just different. I don't know. I, well, I mean, being in the space and everybody, um, you know, I think about my kids' school. Everyone in that whole school, all the parents, they reach out to me when they have, you know, an addiction question or something sure. mental health. Um, and, and are your kids I, in teenage years? I have an 11 year old and a four year old. And it's funny, my 11 year old could probably give a dissertation at three years old on heroin because she heard me talking. About it. <laughs> just wow. talk about it so Holy much. Cow. One time she went to school at three and the, the teacher pulled me and said, she goes, your daughter was talking about heroin today. I'm like, oh my God, please don't call CPS. She goes, I've seen it. And I'm like, okay, that's you know exactly what I mean? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly that's, right. That's a true fear yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, but you know. It, and and you know, anybody that's a parent knows like, that's like the dreaded, like, please don't call. Like you go to the emergency room twice in a week for somebody falling down the stairs or something. Like, please don't call CPS. I swear we were, we were right there. The kid it was just launched from the stairs. We had nothing to do with it. Please. So. Yeah. But, you know, people get scared to talk to their kids about suicide or mental health or drugs. And I'm like, I've been talking to my kids since she's yeah, really young. I think and it's I'm a like, good, healthy discussion. Yeah, you know, but you know, I kids mean, these days are, are, I think the good thing is they're making therapy, going to therapy cool. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, True. it is cool. Every therapist has a good therapist. We're basically all becoming New Yorkers. <laughs> We're all becoming Woody Allen New Yorkers is what's happening. We're all becoming like, in, you know, like Jerry Seinfeld type uh, Woody Allen New Yorkers, kind of all neurotic, or at least <laughs> like everybody there. I've All my friends from the East Coast, they all had therapists back when, in the 20s. 
they were all like, well, who's your therapist? And I'm like, I don't have one. They're like, what do you mean you don't have one? We all have one. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, like, holy cow, easy, easy. Like, slow your roll. That sounded like Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me ask you, you've been a part of some really great organizations. Uh, Centerstone, and for those outside of the area, uh, that was that used to be seven counties, right? Yeah, and Centerstone is actually, um, they're in multiple states. They're in Indiana, they're, yeah, they're in they're, Tennessee. They're yeah. <laughs> yeah. The seven counties had been around forever and had taken care of a lot of people and was really recognized in, in the community. Mm-hmm. And so now you're with um, um, Recovery Concierge, Amanda Newton. Uh, yeah, that's my consulting business. Yeah. Um, but my full-time mostly gig is Renee Recovery. You're right. Yeah, I, I helped with the consultant in, 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 in recovery. Yeah, that's what I, I was. Asked, like, that's I'm where just, I was going. Like, like I know how I consult in IT or law or whatever. Like, how do you consult in recovery? So, in my consulting business, I've done some work with like um, I did some work with some a pharmaceutical company. Did some community um, advocacy work in Frankfurt. Um, helped like push some s- certain bills that um, benefited the whole recovery community. Um, which you mark, you knew, you know, the healing place I did some uh, contract work with them to help with like kind of their revenue cycle management. Um, when I left Centerstone, I did some consulting work for Centerstone um, and just multiple different um, addiction places. You know, sometimes it's nonprofits um, and teaching them how to uh, create a, a sustainable business model in the behavioral health space. Because what you'll find in behavioral health, it's a bunch of therapists most of the time that are at the top that don't know a lot about business. Right. They right. Don't, exactly. We we see that we see that all the time because mm-hmm. we do healthcare IT and we do a lot of revenue cycle management. And so when we see that, we realize they don't they're really good at what they do, but they don't mm-hmm. understand the business model. Like they don't know right. how to basically how to get paid for what they do. Right. Yeah. How do you get yeah. paid? And mm-hmm. how do you get more people that are out there that need you to know about you? And then, yep. and then when they first come in, how is that? How are you processing the payment? What are the codes that are being done? It's complicated. It's quite right. complicated. Right. And you know, some of them, they want different things. So my, a lot of my background is in marketing and business development. So sometimes I'll be helping them with the patient acquisition piece. Sometimes it's looking at their whole structure and saying, oh, you should be billing for this, this, and this, you know, or not. Um, my experience in the behavioral health space has kind of been all over the place. So I'm like um, uh, a master of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> But I know a little bit about everything. You're um, talking to two jack of all trades. Yes. We are masters of nothing. <laughs> yes. But um, the, doing the consulting, um, I just do a little bit of it now. It was my full-time gig because I think I was doing contract work for about five or six different behavioral health companies. I would get confused. Um, I'm like, who am I working for? Right. <laughs> My, when I left Centerstone, I had told my husband, I was like, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to do consulting. And he was like, no, go get yourself, you know, a real job, nine to five. And I was like, oh, oh, are you doubting me? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a challenge? Challenge accepted. <laughs> I said, I'm going to make more than I am making right now in my consulting business. And I'll show you. So one yeah. month I started my business, I almost doubled my income. I'm like, now what? And he's like, yeah, oh, now what? Yeah, what do you have to say now? <laughs> you know, let, let me ask you. <laughs> Is it just me or does it seem like the Louisville area, the Ohio Valley area, really has some really good quality 
mental care and addiction recovery assistance like healing place you mentioned actually my aunt works down there uh, she's a director of development for them maybe it's just because i see more of it and we do a lot of work in healthcare but it seems like Louisville really has a lot of great resources and you know what's really interesting working at UofL is um, we would get a lot of the homeless population that were getting bussed here and i'm like mm. Where did you go from? Oh, that's a sign. That's a sign that. And they're like, we heard that you will have good services here. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so the answer is, uh, I don't really know a lot, you know, outside of, I mean, I do within the state, but outside of that, I'm not sure, but I know that people are getting bussed in from other cities and states to come to access. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought it seemed that way. Yeah. Do yeah, you, we're do pretty you rich. The, do, do you find that it, it has to do with like the infiltration of fentanyl as the rise to a lot of recovery, or has it been mostly alcohol? Like, what are you seeing being abused more than anything else? Uh, probably alcohol, just because it's legal. Not fentanyl, but that's where we saw the rise of deaths. Because right, that's what I meant. That's what yeah. I meant. People weren't abusing fentanyl, but when it gets mixed in with heroin, is when people don't know, and then they. Right. Because well, you I, know, before living very... in Indianapolis, I lived in Columbus, Ohio, and around mm -hmm. there, it was huge. There were people in the parking lots, like just ODing, like in their cars, and it was on the news constantly. And it it almost became a normal, like it was like a new normal. And my my kids were just perplexed. I was perplexed. My my wife was perplexed. It was just it was it was uh, shocking. It was you know um, I was thinking it was. I was probably doing the news probably eight to 10 times a month, just talking about heroin. Wow. Um, and, and it's interesting when my, uh, I met someone um, from the uh, gym and he's like, you're that heroin girl. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, Oh, oh you're talking about all the news stories, but it was, you know, we went from Opana, you know, pain pills to heroin. And I remember sitting next to somebody um, at one of the places that I worked and it was a drug dealer. He's like, you know, all this pills out there, we're going to drown them up and we're going to push in heroin. I was like, heroin? Well, wow. they clearly had a marketing plan. Right. Uh, wow. Right now it's <laughs> Isn't more, that crazy? yeah, it's more, um, um, it's more alcohol, meth and cocaine with it's poly substance, but it's, cyclical in nature you know sometimes we want to focus on one thing but i'm like can we just focus on addiction instead right of rather than what is being uh abused yeah yeah so so let, let's let's lighten it up a little bit let's uh do a change of pace and let's go to some brand culture trivia oh god <laughs> all right so i'm gonna play the intro man. i'm gonna play the intro right now ladies and gentlemen Welcome everyone to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely, the rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want, and the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. That what is, is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. But we might send you a sticker for playing. 
So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. And we're back. Okay, so now it is time for brand culture trivia. So the rules, just to remind you again, the rules are as follows. Guess as fast as you can as many answers as you want. For example, if you're going to guess Visa, right? Say Visa, MasterCard, American Express. Guess all of them because mm -hmm. the odds are you're close in your first guess, but maybe it's the other one, right? So there's no penalizing for guessing multiple. Um, and I told you I'm a slow processor, so this will be good. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Nobody's slower than Mark. So yeah. great. So I'm going to say like a company slogan and you're going to give me the brand or product name. Okay. For example, if I say just do it, the answer is Nike. You say Adidas yeah. or, or Nike. Nike or Nike or Nike because maybe Nike is the right answer. Um, <laughs> got milk, the dairy association, right? Breakfast of champions, Wheaties, right? Yeah. So, all right. Question one. Here we go. Wait, am I going against Mark? Yes. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, you, are, you are going against Mark. All right, let's go. All right. Uh, hang on. Mark is giving me ideas. Of <laughs> too. The fuck is he? Sorry. All right. Um, all right. I, so the people that we have, we have a whole team of little green minions, men and women, because it's you know we don't want to be you know gender biased in any way. Yeah. The little green minions that that create all of these uh, great trivia questions. So Tony's over there in the control tower. So, all right, here we go. Here's the slogan. You guys tell me the name of the product or the name of the brand. Bet you can't eat just one. Skittles. No. Oreos? M&M's? <laughs> close, it's close. Keep going, guys, keep going. Bet you can't eat Lay's potato chips? Yes. All right. What was it? Lay's potato okay. chips. Got that straight up. Well, that's very specific. Well, yeah, because it's a company <laughs> slogan. It is specific. I'm trying to get off on it. I'm trying to get off on a technicality. Yeah, you're not. All right. It is <laughs> Did one... you let me get that one, Mark? No, I'm still guessing. Nothing. It is. It is. It is East Side versus West Side of Louisville here. So okay, here we go. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe. Maybe it's MasterCard. Maybe she, she got it before I even finished it. Damn, Maybe it's MasterCard? Maybe she's born with it? Well, I didn't know what the rest of the question was. I question your parenting. Wait, that kind of fits. I question your parenting, Mark, if, if maybe she's born with a MasterCard. Or maybe she was born, Not yeah, with, with bad credit habits. I don't maybe know what the rest of the question was. born with, like, revolving debt. There I don't know go. what the rest of the question was. All right, it is two to zero. Wow, that was fast, too. I got to make it hard. That was, yeah. Yeah, so uh, real quick, again, if you had 100,000 times as many points as you had right now, Mark, you would still be losing. So, okay, let's keep going. It is because 100,000 times zero is still zero. Okay. Um... Ooh, this is a good one. Merchandise seven. Adidas. Is the secret ingredient for what product? Merchandise seven X. Sorry, let me let me rephrase this. Question three. Merchandise seven X is the secret ingredient for what product? 
hint, it's a drink. Oh. Budweiser. Merchandise, seven. Mountain Dew. Seven up? Tab. No, Ooh. good guess, Amanda. Good guess. Not tab. Tab. Uh, yeah, my grandmother drank that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting fact: Coca Cola just continued discontinued that uh, two days ago. Oh my! Tab, really? Yeah, yeah. The tab was still around. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> wow, I remember I grew up. My mom drank that all the time. They were pink cans. Yep. Wow, yeah. strewn around our house. Seven merchandise. Seven X. All right, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to take that one back. The answer was Coca Cola. Uh, <laughs> All right, that's okay, that's okay. Um, let me do this one. This is not a slogan, but it's a question. What home entertainment product service retail company once had 9,000 US locations only nope, 10, 15 years ago and now has less than five today? Red Giraffe Video. <laughs> I know this. Red Giraffe video. Right, right. I've never heard of them, so they did a great brand. Because <laughs> no one outside Louisville's ever heard of them. They had like nine thousand stores. I remember in Louisville. You remember? See, they were yeah. They had like nine thousand in Louisville. Wait, say it again. There was how many? What home and entertainment product service retail company once had nine thousand U.S. locations, not just Louisville. 9,000 U.S. locations just 10, 15 years ago, but today has less than five. Home entertainment retail. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of like a video thing. A blockbuster? Yes! Ow! Red Giraffe. Can we get a ruling on this? Red Giraffe, yeah. Here's the rule. It's not Red Giraffe. <laughs> because they would never make it Tony... Is there even a red giraffe in our system? No. He said squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> no, so, all right. You win. She's the winner. Ah. Look at that. Mark, that was Mark, that was a poor show. I need, Dude, need, you, a, I need a ruling need on the one. Maybelline answer. You usually get one. The Maybelline. Yeah, I want to. I'm no makeup now. <laughs> I'd like to contest that answer. That's excellent. <laughs> Okay, so let's um, let's go back to the uh, pocket. Oh, congratulations! Uh, as we get back to the oh yeah, tell her what she gets. Oh yeah, you are gonna love this. I you are the winner of fourteen thousand eight hundred and sixty-four <laughs> Brandology bucks. Yay! Those are amazing. And I mean, when we get our e-commerce site, those Brandology bucks yeah convert to get they'll be redeemable then. Oh yeah, they'll be redeemable <laughs> then. They're they're good not, for not so much now. No, they're useless now. But when we get that site up and running, it's going to have like convertible Jaguars, vacations, all yep. the top gear you can think of. Like, it'll be phenomenal. That's great. But right now, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, the site's down. Hey, everyone. Mark and I are really excited about a special feature we have coming up about the rise and the challenges of this technology transportation company that has literally changed the world. It experienced explosive growth but had constant controversy, making it one of the most fascinating companies to emerge over the past two decades. The firm, which was founded back in 2009, soon grew to become one of the highest valued private startup companies in the world. 
and yet its leadership, culture, and business practices have all been called into question, and the brand itself has been under seemingly constant attack. Join us as we explore the rise, the challenges of this technology transportation company, we've all used it, and the leaders who are now trying to save it today. Join us as we discuss the rise and fall of Uber Technologies. Yes. Oh my god. So let me ask you this. Do you have so you're doing a bunch of things, right? You've got a consulting gig, you're the COO of a of a successful uh, recovery program, you believe in this, you're inspired by family members. Um, you've got a podcast on the side, which we're going to eventually think of what the name is, and then we're going <laughs> to put it down and we're going to follow you on TikTok as well. I'm going to have to reinstall that app on my phone because after the whole China thing, I took that thing right off. Um, uh, so what is on the horizon for you? Like if you were setting a vision for yourself, right, what is your, as Jim Collins uh, the the business uh, guru uh, who wrote Built to Last and um, uh, the other book that I can't remember, but I read like 50 times, so I'm doing well. You can't even remember your own podcast, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> what is your BHAG? What is your big, hairy, audacious goal? Meaning, if time and money are not an obstacle, what do you want to achieve? Where do you see this going? Well, um, you know, it's funny because I'm staring at my vision board over there where um, that's what I'm saying. What's on that vision? Yes. Which is funny because I just completed my vision board, so I had to make a new one. Sure. Um, and uh, it's crazy to me because some like I found something that wasn't in my vision board that I wrote down, like all these things that I was trying to manifest into my life when I was, I don't know, maybe 22, and I ran across it, and it was almost to the T which kind of freaks me out, but I know my manifestor is pretty powerful. So um, on my vision board, um, I want to go to Bali and have a spiritual kind of adventure. And then um, I want to travel by private jet. So that's on my vision board and traveling for um, whatever my next occupation is going to be. Esther Pearl's on my vision board. I don't know if you all ever heard of her. She's uh, kind of a famous um, researcher and uh, psychoanalyst, I think, or maybe psychotherapist, psychotherapist. I want her to be on my, um, my um, podcast. That I don't know the name of, um, <laughs> but when I think of like the one big goal, I want to do a Ted talk. Oh, wow. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't know what's going to be on yet. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, th- that would be, and, and there are people, I've talked to a lot of people that have actually done the TEDx talks locally. Yeah. And there are mm-hmm. some TEDx talks in Louisville. So there's yeah. actually some some young business people that Mark and I work with sometimes. And I see on their LinkedIn that they've done TEDx talks. And I'm like, how is that? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I tried to sign up for the last one. Asked, and then I think yeah, the how key- have they not asked us? And how come you're half my age and you got to do one? Like, hey, <laughs> like I want to do that. That looks really cool. Yeah, but you know, it's funny because most all my jobs, um, you know, either doing the news or, you know, doing presentations for large audience or doing like anything like that. I hate public speaking. <laughs> so, oh, really? So, hate it, hate it, hate it. but you don't mind interviews? 
No, um, but I always will do public speaking because I always think one day it will become so natural to me. And we're here 20 years later and still no, no, it has become natural. Really? But I love doing things that scare the shit out of me. So yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, I actually love public speaking. I love Mark and I do these presentations on cybersecurity and I've done them to, I did one, there was like 480 people and I just had a ball with it. Like I, yeah. like I wasn't nervous at all. And maybe I just, I, I don't know, maybe I just got it out of me when I was younger because I did a lot of trial work when I was younger. So mm -hmm. maybe that was it. But I remember really getting anxious then though. I mean, I would have to take like stomach medication. I would have to. Oh, like, wow. You know, oh yeah. I was, because I didn't, you know, I was young and I, you know, I was. So you got over it. Yeah. yeah. I got over it, but I just doing it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah, yeah so I, I did acting classes as a child and come to find out that I had a face for radio, but <laughs> the um, the exercises and things that they took us through over the years, it was like it was no big deal. And so, it, uh, yeah. yeah, it's never bothered me. Well, I love the, um, I always call it the excited, scared feeling. That's my favorite feeling right. in the world. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Simon Sinek talks about that. And he says, when you get anxious right? And you have fear. He goes, what's the difference between that and excitement? There isn't it. What your brain doesn't know any difference. It's what you're, it's your negative yeah. self-talk, right? Yeah. What happens when you're excited? Your hands might get palmy. You might get a little jittery. You might get a little jumpy, right? What happens when you're scared? The exact same thing. Why yeah. are you saying you're scared and then you shut down as opposed to, I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. Like it's, it's the same thing feeling it's the same physiologically there's no difference and our brain doesn't actually know the difference it's the context right. we put on you're right right mm -hmm. so very cool very cool let me ask you you had mentioned that about on your vision board and going to bali and uh like a religious experience have you have you had anywhere maybe yet that you've gone that you've had like you know like something that really connected you that moved you more than just you know seeing cool architecture or something have you traveled anywhere like that yet um, only my meditations. Right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I can go off into a whole nother land. Right. Um, and, but nowhere, I mean, you know, I, I didn't really have the opportunity to travel when I was young. I mean, I grew up kind of lower middle class. I would say we, I worked three jobs, put myself through school. So the time that most people travel, I was, uh, I probably didn't even see daylight. I was working so much. And then now I have kids. I can't go anywhere. Right, you can't go anywhere now. <laughs> I'm gonna wait till they're yeah. a little older, and then I'll get to to travel. Yeah, and David, in case you missed it, she uh, graduated from the esteemed University of the University of Louisville. <laughs> yes. Put your L's up. <laughs> She's got her L's up. Yes, and my and it's a big fight between my husband and I um, because he's a UK grad. So. Oh wow! A house truly divided. <laughs> mm -hmm. And my, but my son's a U of L fan and my daughter's a UK fan, so it all kind of works out. Yeah, that's at least it's yeah, it's weighted appropriately. Yeah, right. it's always amazing the rivalries, <laughs> right? It's so interesting. So let me ask you, like, how do you generate new ideas at your organization? Like, when you want to draft a new uh, or create a new in initiative, how do you guys do it? That's a great, you know, that's a great question. Um, you know. I spend the majority of my time at Renew Recovery, and when I came there, um, 
the reason that I came there is that they had this great kind of entrepreneurial spirit um, where um, a company I worked before was humongous. And I love that company, but it was so big to be able to, when you had an idea, you're like, let's process it for years. Right. And, then, and then you can't, it's just hard. But I mean, when you have that big of a ship, it's hard to, to make changes very quickly. So going into a smaller organization, and I would say, okay, let's do this. And everybody would be like, all right, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, in the addiction space, historically, um, it's looked the same for 50, 60 years. And so mm-hmm. this industry is such so ripe for disruption that no one was doing anything different. And, you know, I, I, there's different pockets of treatment that was working for people, but there's no... There's no like Sherpa for addiction treatment. There's no front line. This is what you do um, because it's so um, multifaceted. It's not just a biological problem. It's biological, psychological, spiritual, you know, emotional. It's it's so many things. So you have to be able to hit on all those things. <clears throat> but within my company, you know, we honor everybody's great ideas. Um, I, I can't stand the phrase. This is how we've always done it. Uh, no one will ever say that if i were if i'm the leader in that organization no one is ever allowed to say that phrase hey mark are you excited about this uh 2021 female leadership summit oh david this is going to be incredible i can't wait i am i'm really pumped about it the 2021 brandology female leadership summit is going to be your opportunity to access a wealth of leadership insight from a world-class faculty we've put together ready to equip and inspire you regardless of your field or industry yeah, so each chosen leader will provide a short you know, five to 10 minute presentation on culture, on leadership and practical ways to help you succeed. Um, there will also be a panel discussion on hot topics. Uh, the belief is female leadership matters is more important today than ever before. Absolutely. That's why the 2021 Brandology Female Leadership Summit will give you access to this unique group of world-class faculty who will share their distinct perspectives, inspiring and equipping you with practical skills you can use right away. So don't miss the 2021 Female Leadership Summit only on Brandology Podcast. So subscribe and download the episodes to be notified of this upcoming event. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because that just just defines status quo and it defines like the antithesis of growth and the antithesis of, and and if you're not growing, like life moves on. So if you don't continuously grow and change, Mm -hmm. you die. Like you fall behind. Staying the same makes you fall behind. And it's always interesting because, you know, you see people like that. You see people that are stuck in listening to those old tapes or dressing the same way or whatever. And they had a good time in their life at a certain period of time and they're stuck there. And it's you can like, always tell when somebody's promised. Yeah. How and and it's like, and you're, like, you're like, dude, you have to learn to adapt. You yeah. To, it's all about adaptation. Success to me is adaptation, the ability to adapt. But, you know, I think, it, it, you know, and it's, it's a culture that we create within the company that we are an entrepreneurial company. So I don't care what position mm-hmm. you have in this company. If you have a great idea, bring it on. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if it fails, awesome. okay, we learn something. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. That's great. So do you have any favorite quotes or anything? Um, yes. 
I have uh, so many favorite quotes. I could probably. I know. Die. I have like a list of them, but like but if, just, if somebody asked me, I would like, here's my list. Like, I don't know. Yes. But, but I did, one or two I did write down <laughs> my, one of my favorite quotes. And it's interesting because, you know, Marianne Williamson, who, you know, ran for uh, president prior to that, um, she was one of my favorite authors. She still is. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, this quote that um, I love, it's, your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine. I love that. Wow. That's great. And I think um, I, I think it really speaks to me working. Um, I've always worked in a, a business where typically I was, I was the youngest, not anymore. <laughs> but I was usually the youngest and um, one of few women. Um, and so even from such a young age, and it usually happens around middle school and um, that girls were told to be quiet, be nice, look pretty, don't speak up, yeah. shrink yeah. essentially. Um, and so I think that's what I see. Nothing could be farther than the truth, but in a lot of ways, that's just so wrong. You know, yeah. like it's and men don't know it. They don't know what's happening to girls, but it does. And I really think it's, it's generation from the families. Like mm-hmm. I see grandparents saying that to their granddaughters. I see. And it's just not it's not the way the world is. It just isn't right. The, some of the most influential people that we've met have been female and they've stood up and they've made bold statements and they have they made not, a lot of noise. And yeah. Yeah. And they just they made things right. Like otherwise the world is just going to crush you. Mm-hmm. I've created a, a little mini me. So she, she, she definitely, she's short, shorter. And, um, but she's definitely fearless and she lets everybody know. And I, I don't think she'll ever have a problem with, you know, she'll never sit there and be quiet. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's cool. and, and that doesn't mean being rude, right? It doesn't mean being rude or being selfish or being bad. It means, standing up for what's right like yeah but you know not only that what i think is really interesting especially when we think about children and schooling as we go about this all the wrong way we don't teach children that they were born to give a gift everyone has a gift to share and if we worked on cultivating what that gift is from a very young age Mm -hmm. um we would be so much better off as a society because people wouldn't be chasing money and chasing all these silly things. They'd be chasing after their happiness and they would know what their purpose is in this world. And I think, you know, when we think about work, if you know what your purpose is and um, you're aligned with that, you're going to be happy. And I don't know why we don't start there at a, at a pretty young age. That's, that's great words of advice. Well, as we kind of wrap it up and, and thank you for, Oh, no, this is so fun. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, this won't be the last time we talk. Yeah, we are no, definitely. No, we promise you we'll have you back. And you're yeah. going to be part of our uh, uh, Female Leadership Summit in 2021, I hope. Yeah, yes, I would love to. Yeah. So have you gotten, um, I think I, I sent you over information on that. But uh, we can talk about that offline. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to ask, I always ask at the end, um, and it's a really deep question, like really deep. <laughs> what did you Mark want to be gets, when you were? Mark does not get deep, so I, <laughs> no, I don't. What did you want to be when you were a little girl? Yeah. Oh, you you're gonna say, girl? what was your favorite color? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
well, this is really funny. Um, I wanted to be a therapist. <laughs> really? That's really good. Yeah, so I'm like, check. Um, yeah. My my parents got divorced when I was young, so I went uh, to see a therapist. And I remember the therapist yeah. that I was seeing, she did play therapy. So all we did was play with games. And I'm like, this is what you do for a living? And she's like, yeah. I was like, you just play games all day? And she's like, yeah. I was like, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up. <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> that's awesome. That is really good. We yes, we um we will definitely put your podcast link um into the summary. Um we encourage everybody to go listen. Uh Amanda is very passionate about what she does. It really comes through and I think the listeners will definitely uh hear that and get some value out of that. We want to thank you again for your time and we really would like for you to be a part of our uh 2021 Female Leadership Summit. I think you'd fit in with the other panelists really well uh, and you bring a lot of value to the table. I think it would just be good. Yeah, I just sent you. I just sent you the link. I just Great. sent you all of the information. And since you're in town, Mark, I may need to meet you in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we could do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Good. All right. Well, this won't be the last time that we speak, and uh, we will all go from there. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, Amanda. So Amanda, Thanks. it was an absolute pleasure having you on. This will not be the last time. Nope. Great. So have a great day. Check out we're gonna check out your podcast and and your TikTok as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta keep that separate life. (laughs) Right. That's fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Thanks everyone. See you guys. Bye guys. See ya. Mark and I want to take a moment and thank everyone that listens and subscribes to our podcast. It means a lot. We're truly trying to make this one that we ourselves would find interesting and find entertaining. Um, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas for subjects, great brands that have risen and fallen, great case studies, or fantastic guests that you'd like to see, please reach out to us. Brandology Podcast Staff at gmail.com. That's Brandology Podcast Staff at gmail.com. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe, turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. 